hour three of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. Fitzy in the house as we take you up until 10 o'clock, a full tang program. You can join us at 617-779-7937. Talk about the Celtics if you want to get back, back in on that. J.C. Jackson as the Patriots make a trade, bringing Jackson back. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention, it did not go well for him with the Chargers. A couple of injuries, benched, one interception in uh, seven total games. And, uh, yeah, he's back. But he's probably your best corner because you don't know what's going on with the Joneses. And Christian Gonzalez is out for the year. So he probably jumps to the front of the depth chart pretty quickly. Not that this matters in terms of on-field performance at all, but has there ever been a team that had three players at a position, the same position with the same last name? There's no chance. They're, they're right there. There's no chance. Be, right? Plus, their quarterback is named Jones. There's too many Joneses on the team. Well, and they also have a practice squad defensive lineman they signed once Daniel Aquale went down by the name of Jones. They have five Joneses out of 69 players. It's too much. Uh, but... It's too much. Like, I, I, when has there ever been, like, offensive linemen or receivers or whatever that all had the same last name, like Moss, Moss, and Moss? And they're not related. It's not like the Bucks nope. have two Lopez's and two Antetokounmpo's, but they're they're both related. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, finding a third Antetokounmpo would there be... There is a third Antetokounmpo. They should, probably, they should, should sign him, probably. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, again, like I said, you can join us. Let's go to the phones right now because this is actually a good uh, question we can kick off the hour with. Johnny in Rhode Island on Mac Jones. Johnny, what do you got? Yeah, guys, I just think that I feel like we're jumping the gun a little bit on Mac and Bill and, and saying how our defense is screwed. I think that we're just jumping it up a little bit. We're, we've gone through. We've had the Cowboys, which is a run-and-gun offense. We've had Philly run-and-gun offense, Tyreek Hill, Tua. And then we had... <clears throat> Excuse me. The start of the the start of the season, we 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 had the Eagles. So we're going through. We had uh, we got the one win against the Jets. Obviously, not a good team so far this year. But we have we faced three really good teams, and this is a young quarterback. I, I know we have so called the goat as the as the coach, but right now we're we're looking at it. Look, we're looking at a decent kind of schedule ahead. But right now, I'm gonna let you guys get back into it after I talk about this. But Right now, I don't know. I think we had three tough teams we played, three tough losses. But, yeah, we'll focus on that. So I'm going to let you all talk about that, all right? All right, Johnny, thanks for the phone call. So I think there's two different things in there. Like, you bring up Mac Jones and you bring up the defense. The only reason why I am now worried about the defense is just losing Gonzalez and Judon. So you're two best players on the entire team, let alone on defense, and at the two most important defensive positions. So those guys being down, because overall – I mean, I know the Dallas game kind of turned into what it did, but they also gave up two touchdowns uh, by their offense. So the defense was fine and probably would dominate teams like New Orleans and Las Vegas before, but I don't know if they're going to do that now. As for Mac Jones, I kind of want to go with that one, Fitz. Like, does he deserve, I shouldn't call it a second chance, but it does feel like this week is different than previous bad games. Previous bad games, people would make excuses for certain things, and there was less calling for his job, unless you were like already on the extreme of like Mac Jones can't play. But this week, it's like everybody, even Mac Jones fans are like, yeah, this might be the beginning of the end for this guy, if not the end for this guy. I'm not sure I can go as far as Hart has, and I don't think Hart is saying this because he wants the clicks. No, I don't think so. The page views when he says last Sunday signaled the beginning of the end for Mac Jones's time as the starter of the New England Patriots. I can see why he said it. I just still can't can't help but wonder why or how 
he would ever get the kind of supporting cast that he or another quarterback would need. Like when you look at what Patrick now Patrick Mahomes again, an entirely different kind of mindset, skill set, pedigree, etc. Didn't obviously have the same level of success that Mac Jones had at college. Uh, played an entirely different kind of wide open ball. But good lord, the man comes into the NFL and look what he had to work with versus what Mac Jones has been forced to work with time and time and time again. Like there's just nobody, and this even includes opponents that have said this, there's no one that keeps opposing defensive coordinators, linebackers, secondaries, etc. up at night like, how am I going to defend Gasicki? Or what are we going to do no, when no, Devontae Parker it. comes for us next Sunday? Like, it just doesn't happen. Now, it's a small sample size, admittedly. And, and you know, Mac Jones looked pretty good his rookie year. But what does C.J. Stroud have to work with in Houston? Like, that's an example of a guy like... That's a trash situation to be in. Like you, who are, who's his best receiver? Like who's his best? Nico Collins. Right. And, yeah, probably. Uh, well, Tank Dell. I, I I sat here begging the Patriots to draft him. Yep. Steal. I can, God, a, can that kid get open? So you got, you got a pocket size receiver, and then you uh-huh. got Nico Collins. I don't even think you have. Is Mechie even back yet? I don't think he's. Uh, Mechie has played. Yeah, it looks like he's played oh, a he few has. games. He only has okay. a couple catches though. He hasn't done much. You know, Damian Pierce is like a he's like a fine running back. I'd rather have Stevenson than Pierce, but and either Devin way, like Singletary and yeah, got like Dalton oh. Schultz. But last time, okay, it's a great point, Rich, because Stroud has tw- six touchdowns, no picks, zero picks, twelve hundred and twelve yards. Yep. But the amazing thing is, they did this last Sunday, and I don't know what D'Amico Ryan's is selling them right now. Like, this may yeah. be the greatest argument for getting a new, energetic, dynamic voice in the room. Because D'Amico Ryans has them playing with their hair on fire. Stroud, six and six touchdowns, no picks. But last Sunday they did it with an entirely backup offensive line. Yeah, all, all the starters yes, were out. Right. All the starters. What are we and they doing blew here? Blew out the Steelers. Yeah, that was it. Well, that's my other point. It's like it's not just the receivers when you're talking about Stroud, Mac Jones comparison. It's the line. Like the line is very similar. And uh yeah, and the Texans have a better record right now. Now, their schedule hasn't been as tough. They lost to Baltimore and Indy, and then they beat Jacksonville and Pittsburgh. Better than anyone the Pats have beat. I was going to say, Houston's got Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, Tampa Bay coming up. So all of a sudden, Houston could have themselves a winning record. And also, this is sort of like a side topic, but D'Amico Ryans, if he has success and his quarterback has success, that'll fly in the face of what a lot of people like myself would sort of advocate for always hiring the offensive guy I hire the offensive guy especially with the young quarterback to be your head coach but if ryan's ends up you know turning that team into some even if they're 500 like what a coup that would be for this season what a turnaround that would be that insane would be. i know and then but cj stroud could end up being the offensive rookie of the year and then that, that would also look like a like a massive hit oh it so. would be a it would be a huge hit for them i don't think anyone necessarily saw this coming and now you run down like the houston texans next couple of opponents yeah i got to say, this morning I was watching a little Hello, It's Football or Good Morning, yeah. Let's Talk Touchdowns. I know. And you know who was getting a nice little love letter? Who's that? Your boy, Baker Mayfield. Dude, Baker Mayfield's good, and Baker Mayfield should be on the Patriots. They did their old, like, musical quarterbacks. They've had 100 different quarterbacks in here since the start of camp and even to now. And who knows? If you check your email, you might get a new transaction for a new quarterback on the Patriots right now. Baker Mayfield was available for a song. They could have brought Baker Mayfield in. He started a bunch of games in this league. He actually has, people don't want to admit it, he's had a bunch of highlights. He won a playoff game for the Browns. The Browns don't win playoff games. The Browns don't even go to the playoffs. And in Baker Mayfield Pitts- won one. Yeah, in, in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh all in places. the freezing yep. cold. 
He had a rookie year that was very, very strong. He has gone through a million different coaches and everything else. But I don't need to hype up Baker Mayfield, but that was just the guy that was out there. And you're like, do you want somebody to compete with Mac Jones or not? And they've really sent mixed messages on that because it seems like they just want somebody not named Bailey Zappi, but they can't even figure that out. So, like, the fact that they went to Matt Corral and then they went to, like, Ian Book, but then they ended up with Will Greer, do we have a good reason as to why they weren't interested in Baker Mayfield? It didn't cost that much. Wait a second. The Patriots have already had six quarterbacks in this year. Yeah. I just, like, stopping to think about that now. Well, are you counting Trace McSorley? Oh, my God, seven. Yeah. What are we doing? So why not get a guy that's actually started, like, seasons in the league, like like Baker Mayfield? And even if you wanted to say, hey, Mac Jones is our guy, Baker Mayfield went to Tampa Bay to be in a battle with Kyle Trask, who they took in the second round. Mm-hmm. And it was legit one of the maybe, what, two or three camp battles this year. And he beat him out. And now, what are the Bucks three and one? And he's playing yeah. really well. And who, the whole thing could could blow up in their face or whatever, but we'll see. I just think for the Patriots, if they were so concerned about Bailey Zappi and had no confidence in Bailey Zappi, I don't know why they wouldn't have brought this guy in. You could even start Mac Jones, but then any kind of sign like this, if you don't want the season, just go up and smoke. Introduce Baker Mayfield to the situation. Or what if he legitimately pushed him in camp and beat him out, and then you would have known, like, okay, Mac came in, had that dog about him and beat out Cam Newton, but the Cam Newton that he got to beat out was basically a shell of his former self. Yeah, yeah. What if Mac Jones had to go up against a real, proven NFL quarterback who has been in adverse situations like having to end the Cleveland Browns' record of futility and getting them off the schneid, which he did on Thursday Night Football. Remember all those lockers around uh, Cleveland opened up and there was free Bud Light for everyone and there was just absolute <laughs> yeah. pandemonium in yeah, the yeah. streets? Yep. And Baker Mayfield last year, coming out of the miserable situation with Matt Rule, who was on the way out the door in Carolina, Goes to the Rams. He has 48 hours to meet everybody. Yeah, he pulls together to and has a little game. And wins on Thursday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, I know. That money drive. We threw the bomb to Van Jefferson for yeah. the touchdown with like 30 seconds left. That was awesome. You could do a lot worse than Baker Mayfield. He's only 28 years old. Damn it. Yeah, they missed out on that one. And I know you've always liked Gardner Minshew. I think that's a drop below Mayfield. But it's another guy show. that at least seems to make the most of his opportunities, doesn't he? He's a gamer. Yeah. If nothing He's else. He's a gamer. But yeah, this that has been such a bizarre storyline to this season to me is the whole backup quarterback thing. Like they cut Bailey Zappi. This is a, we're going back a few weeks, but Bill O'Brien still, doesn't like Bailey Zappi. I think it is. I think it has been made perfectly clear. I heard as much from yeah. someone outside the organization on a random social summer. It afternoon. was Malcolm Butler, wasn't it? When you're talking Malcolm to him. Butler, yeah, uh, no, someone I t- talked to, someone I talked to, like uh, spilled a little tea about hanging out with Billy O and. Something about, like, uh, what does everyone see in this kid? You know, just a little. Really? Yeah. Just a little. Uh, I mean. I don't, think, th- I don't think they're so in. I don't think. I mean. Well, no, everything that they've done proves that to be true. Like, I think we can right. even assume that. So the fact that you heard that is not a, not a surprise, but it just kind of confirms. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't like Bailey Zappi, but they can't get their stuff together where they have to keep him. Not only do they have to keep him on the roster, they got to put him on the active roster, and he has to play in the game. Because you don't have anybody else ready to go, and Mac Jones was so bad against Dallas that they had to turn to Bailey Zappi. So now you got Bill O'Brien calling plays for a guy he hates, which is the exact opposite of last year, where he had Mac Jones listening to calls from a guy he hates. So, Can I ask? Yeah. Okay. Well, now I have to ask you this. This this is sort of a grab bagish topic, and maybe we can Perfect. sort of like 
put it out there and then re- return to it in an hour during the greatest segment in Boston sports radio history. Mm-hmm. But on its way, a little bit of a rumor mill swirling around now <gasps> that maybe the Spartans of East Lansing, the Michigan State football program, yeah. may come calling for one Bill O'Brien to help them rebuild their program. Take them. Have him. You can have him. What am I? What am I protecting him for? What am I holding on to him for? Who in the holy yeah. take, take is going to call plays next year for the Patriots? I don't know. The fourth guy in four years. What does it really matter? Because the, that's the recipe for success <laughs> for a quarterback or any program. Four years. Well, the way it's trending, I know recency bias. I get caught up in it as much as anybody. But the way things are going right now, like are, coach, quarterback, offensive coordinator. Are any three of those guys screaming like you got to hang on to this guy? You got to keep you got to keep that guy here. The other two are the problem. Like you might have to band aid rip it and then be like, all right, here here are new guys. Because if you end up, I know the scenario, which is it on the one hand feels crazy, but on the other hand feels like it's maybe has to happen. Is if Bill is gone, I don't need Bill O'Brien here anymore. I don't want him to be the head coach, and I would like the head coach to then decide who his offensive coordinator is. And he doesn't have mm-hmm. to keep Bill O'Brien if he doesn't want him. So in that scenario, wouldn't Bill O'Brien for sure be one and done? What was the name of the caller about eight minutes ago, seven, eight minutes ago in Providence, like John or Johnny? Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. Um, you know, he was saying, like, it's early, guys. It was a bunch of tough opponents. You know, Max, a young quarterback. Yeah, they, they're going nice to figure spin. these things out. That okay. Good. That was great that there's some positivity. And I know a lot of people want to say that everyone's, you know, it's knee jerk city and the negative Boston media yeah. is at it again. But I just want to. I just want to. Belichick tried to protect, cover his ass by saying, "Look at the first three games. That's what you have to pin, you know, yeah. pin hope to for the season." I just want to ask, what was it outside of a really strong defensive effort that would have made you say, "Hey, don't worry, guys. Not only are they going to turn this around, but this young team is going to learn and be able to compete in the ultra competitive, extremely difficult AFC East." Like. Yeah, I I want it so I want it so badly, but I can't tell you as diehard Patriots fan which game I can put my finger on on the schedule and tell you, dub. No, they don't have it. Uh, you know, years past they had ten of them, and now it doesn't seem like there's any that are guaranteed. They might be the favorite in a couple, but that was also when they had Gonzalez and Judon. So maybe that'll also change as the as the season plays out. I'm also something we can get into coming up next, and you can join us too, 617-779-7937. When the year does come to an end, I wonder, is it more the record that is going to you know, push Robert Kraft to action, or is it more like what it looks like? Because one in three could have looked a whole lot different. You play a close game against the Cowboys, Mac Jones is kind of fighting with it, and maybe it's a game similar to the Eagles where you're like, all right, you're there in the fourth, I just didn't close it out. But that was a disaster. Like If you have a few more of those... And I'm already kind of answering it. But, like, if you're not all 7 and 10 is the same or not all 8 and 9 is the same. So mm-hmm. we can get into that conversation here coming up on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. But right now, here's Terp with What's Trending. It's the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Boston Sports Original. You don't typically teach quarterbacks to throw the ball back across the field. You know why? Because of that. That's usually what happens. He got away with it a few plays ago. 
He went back to that well, and here's what happens. You can see Deron Bland. He's matched up again with Bourne. Just late with the ball across the field. You just can't make that throw. The old pick six. Covered two interceptions, three turnovers on the day for Mac Jones on Sunday. Many are calling it the worst quarterback game in NFL history. They are not. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that yet. But. Uh, Nate Peterman's five <laughs> interception game in Buffalo a couple years ago would like to enter the chat. Yeah, that was the one that came to my mind. And uh, Brian Hoyer in the playoff game with the Texans. Oh. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen. Oh. Uh, Zach Wilson, anytime again he plays the Patriots, some of the worst games. But Mac Jones, like that's on the short list, like uh, at least in recent memory, like, that's a bad game. Like without pulling out football reference, like that is a really really bad game. And as Olson points out there in that cut, he got away with one earlier, and then later in the game he got away with another one. There was almost like there was another one that would have been an even easier pick six if that's possible. And then he Bounced had the fumble dude's six. chest, right? He threw it right in his chest plate, and he's like, I don't want that. Could have had an easy one. And so he was terrible. So this Sunday against the Saints, is there a chance where Mac Jones plays pretty well and then on Monday people are like, whoa, we made a big deal out of that Cowboys game? Or is the Cowboys game so bad that it's just going to be ingrained in everybody's mind forever and you're almost just waiting for him to have another bad game where you're like, see, I told you, like that's what it was. I fear it's going to be more the latter than the former. I don't think it's going to be – Thank goodness he got that out of his system. Hey, don't forget Brady opened the 2003 season with a 31 nothing stinker up in Buffalo. Or how about 2014, the the Trent Dilfer game? Eh, uh, Tom Brady still had Super Bowl or Super Bowls at that point under his belt. Completely different case study altogether. I'm fearful of two things come Sunday, Rich. One, just the crowd in general, attendance. I wonder if it's even going to be packed. I wonder if everyone's oh, going to show up. It's going to be like a Rays game? No, it's I still football. If... It's early season football. People I are going to be but there. The People... fans are mad, Rich. Like, the fans I... are frustrated. Uh... It's not the Foxborough faithful right now. It's Foxborough frustrated. Like, All right. So, uh, so let me ask you this it's a then. legit question. Do we hear Bailey Zappi chants? And I also understand that Zappi hasn't exactly lit the world on fire, didn't have a great camp or preseason. You saw him a little bit in the Cowboy game, and it was nothing special there. But it's just the next guy. It's the other guy. And mm-hmm. when your team doesn't have a good starter, the backup is always the most popular guy. So do you think – I didn't even think about the fact that it's a home game and Mac Jones last year was not the most popular Patriot on game days. No. So I wonder if the crowd will be – you know, will show out and show up with support and be like, okay, come on, you're our guy still, Mac. we got to support you. we got to make some noise for you. And if he does struggle at all – and listen, you know, New Orleans got cooked last week because – they couldn't do anything with the ball. And, you know, Baker Mayfield and the Tampa offense, those are a couple of really legit wide receivers. Yep. They got things going on and, and put one on them down there at the Superdome. But, you know, what if what if it's like what if it's like six, three at the half? Are you going to hear the boo birds come out again? <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100 percent. If this team gets off to another slow start, which has been the theme of the season, they are awful in first quarters they're not ready to go Mm. and if that happens against the saints which we would all look at as the uh worst of the five teams that they've played to this point let's say they go into half and they even if they've had if if they have one touchdown at the half say they have even like 10 points i bet they'll hear it they will absolutely hear it oh yeah people I, i wouldn't be surprised it's just because you're you're i'm basing this off the eye test like I've seen what this offense does. The it's it oh. <laughs> operates horizontally. It just it doesn't yeah. do anything dynamic. It's not 
it's not it's a struggle to move the ball it's like it's not it's almost not fun to watch. You called like it. A, you called it a henpeck back in week exactly one, it and it's only gotten worse. Week one was actually the highlight. Week one, they were slinging it around. Miami game, not much. The New York game, it was like barely enough. And then last week, just kind of set it back even further. But I mean, it was it, just it was a henpeck. It was just <laughs> that is that's what their offense is. They There's they no try to henpeck you to death. The only guy right now that seems like he's got a pulse on offense. Is Pop Douglas, and he doesn't even play much. Pop Douglas had the big play, then he fumbled, so you didn't see him the rest of that game. Yeah, and then this game, he had even though he smashed into Devontae Parker, he had a forty-two yard gainer, and he played eighteen snaps on offense, twenty-four percent of the offensive snaps. How does that happen? I mean, and the game wasn't even close for most of it. So you'd think like, hey, maybe get the rookie receiver a few more reps. So they don't like their one, their one guy on offense that can like make the ball move a little bit. How many more games is Kayshawn Butte going to be benched for not getting two feet in bounds against the Eagles? Well, the rest of it, I guess. It seems like he's he's cooked on that. Well, they're he's supposed been to... on the injury report for weeks, Rich. No. What, why is why aren't we giving him a chance? Like, oh my god, the, the injury is... report. Now that you mentioned that, you see the injury report today? No, it's half the roster. It's half got, the roster. You got to be kidding me. No, these are all the gentlemen who are injured right now. So obviously okay. Gonzalez and Judon are on there for now. They're not on IR yet, right? But they're they're obviously out. Uh, the following were limited. Christian Barmore, Cody mm-hmm. Davis, Trey mm-hmm. Flowers, mm-hmm. Devon Godchow, mm-hmm. Jonathan Jones, mm-hmm. Ty Montgomery, mm-hmm. Riley Reef, Ramondre Stevenson, mm-hmm. Cole Strange, mm-hmm. Sean Wade. <laughs> and and I should also mention guys. I should also mention not included on the list. Uh, because they were they're on IR, but they were eligible to come back today. Is Tyquan Thornton and Jack Jones, and neither were present. I don't think you'll see either of them Sunday. No, right? If you're ready to go, or like you're you're allowed to be ready to go Wednesday, and you're not there Wednesday. That kind of feels like it's at least another week for both of them. Is J.C. Jackson active Sunday? It better be. Uh, yeah, he's starting. I think he's locking up Olave. I think that's what. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, big, get, big yeah. game incoming for Chris Olave. I would assume J.C. Jackson, who was traded for today, is going to be in uniform because Sean Wade, even when he's healthy, they don't want to play him, and he's also apparently banged up now. And who knows Jonathan Jones? Jonathan Jones played in one game so far. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's a mess back there. Like, Yeah, and, I can confirm that. And even still, thanks, Bill. Thank even you. still, Thank defensively, you. I feel like they will put forth uh, a performance slash effort that'll be like winnable. Like it might not, they're yes. not going to shut out the saints, but they're not going to get rolled on by the saints. Even without Judon and Gonzalez, I feel like they're going to keep it within, you know, whereas as long as the offense performs well, which I have no faith in, if the offense performs well, they can win. They can win the game. Saints aren't anything special. No, no. The, the Patriots defense will put forth a gamesman like effort that will keep them in the game. Right. But if we get to a point where, like, J.C. Jackson isn't up to speed and Jonathan Jones it makes it back, but he's still pretty limited and it's more Miles Bryant and Sean Wade and Jalen Mills has to get in the slot and, you know, he's the only real healthy corner they have, then eventually guys like Juwan Johnson and Chris Olave and even, yes, the resurgence of can't guard Mike, uh, what they call him? Like they the called slant him slant. The slant no, they, no, they called him Slant Boy, which was derogatory. Yeah, teammate. He got in a fight with a teammate. That's what he called him. But you know what? He called like he, 150 of them that one year. Yeah, but he's doing okay. He's actually having a decent comeback season. His first healthy one in a couple of years. Like yeah. eventually, 
Like the Saints may be able to henpeck you to death. Like <laughs> this is going to be a henpeckathon Sunday. You know who their leading rusher is? Uh, it's not Kamara. It's not Alvin. It's not Jamal Williams. Who is it? Taysom Hill. You're kidding. They still have Taysom Hill on the team. Oh my God! Are we in for a <laughs> Are we in for a bum rumble on Sunday? So I think so. I think so. I think there could be a big Taysom Hill play because Jamal Williams is on IR, right? Like he he played in the first two games, then got I think, hurt. I think so Jamal Fo- Williams is out. I think Fox has flexed this game to like. <laughs> oh, who's on the call? Do we know who's on the call for this one? It's got to be. Is this the Chris Myers game? Chris Myers is always good for. We are live from Cardinals at Lions right now. Uh, let's see. Is this a Fox game? Uh, but, but, but. No, it's a CBS game. So it's one of the oh, CBS we're, Oh, we're... Oh, hold on. Spiro Ditas and James Lofton. <laughs> Gotta be. <laughs> Gotta be Spiro Ditas and James Lofton on the call. Yeah, that's probably likely. But uh, I'll look into that. So Tyquan Thornton, do you think they are holding out any kind of hope? Because... He's at least fast. Like, they drafted him high for a reason. He didn't look the part. You thought he was too skinny. You're like, he's going to get hurt. Then he immediately got hurt. Then he comes back the next year, hurt again. And But, you know, week after week, you're like, this receiving core doesn't really have a whole lot going for it. Doesn't have a lot going for it. But I just feel like if you're holding out hope for him, you know, you're just, you're in trouble. Yeah, uh, what what are we, What's Tyquan Thornton going to come and finally do? When is he going to absolutely show up and like light the world on fire and just like, oh, he's uncoverable. Another bomb caught by Taekwon <laughs> Thornton. Like, this guy's unbelievable. No, like, unlikely. It's not going to happen. It's like, may he finally figure it out? I think so. There's a ch- the chance. I can't rule him out completely and say the pick is completely trashed. But are we gonna are we gonna say that there's gonna be a game where he is just dictating coverage the entire the entire afternoon and like he has he blows up and has like yeah. Eight for 175 and two touchdowns. I, I don't think you're going to see it. It's Kevin Harlan and Trent Green, by wow. the way. Wow. They got well, Kevin Harlan. Well, pal, Melanie Collins. How about that? With there Melanie Collins as well. Yeah. Kevin, wow. Kevin Harlan. Wow. They must have assigned that early on, thinking like this was going to be a big deal. Well, the other CBS games are Titans, Colts, yeah. Ravens, Steelers. Although that Ooh. one's, although Steelers look horrible. Jets, Broncos, and then Chiefs, Vikings. Well, they have an oh wow CBS really got dealt the I was say, where two three four yeah. five seven yeah. offsuit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play this round. It's like well sorry it's week five. Pack your yeah. stuff. You're going to New England. Sorry. Yeah no but Fitz you bring up the point about the home game like that, that is really interesting to me to see how the fans kind of respond to this because uh, the last two weeks weren't there for it, right so the Philly game and the Miami game were the home games mm-hmm. and then you you barely beat New York but a win is a win is a win and then this thing. That happened in Dallas and how they kind of bounce back from that. Uh, speaking of bounce backs, Ramondre Stevenson, how, w- is it just because the O-line stinks? Or do you think there's something else going on as to why his se- season isn't anywhere close to what we kind of expected it to be? I mean, the offensive line wasn't that much better last year in the second half of the season. True. Maybe it's a combination of poor O-line play. I like. Let's just make a little pie, like a, a three slice pie. Yeah. Poor offensive line play That's factor. Difficult opponents with quality defensive lines, and then Stevenson basically not trusting the line and trying to do too much. Like, what if, like, what if I told you like everybody on offense is all trying to do too much? Like Mac Jones playing out of character, out of sorts, 
throwing across his body, across the field, making bad reads, bad footwork because he doesn't trust his line mm-hmm. and because he doesn't know where to go and nobody's open. What if Ramondre Stevenson is tap dancing at the line because he's looking to try to find a hole, but there's none available and he's trying to hit home runs when he should just be concerned with hitting five yarders? Yeah, I mean, that could be true. I mean, he's averaging 2.7 yards per carry. Oh, and you got to be kidding. It's that bad? It's down from 2.9? It's 2.7. And, you know, it doesn't help his cause when Ezekiel Elliott and, like, whatever's left of Ezekiel Elliott is averaging 4.1 yards a carry. Not as many carries, but still it's the same offensive line, same play caller, same all that stuff. And he's looking a little bit more explosive than, than uh, Ramondre is. Uh, neither have had what like a twenty yard run, like a like what they would like in the stat book. They would put that as like a big play is twenty plus yards. Do, how many do the Patriots have on the season? Two, two, uh, three tops. None rushing. They actually have seven uh, receiving. They do of twenty plus. Yeah, uh, Pop Douglas has two of them, and he doesn't play. So they have seven quote unquote big plays. So Hunter Henry has one. Bourne has one. Parker has one. Stevenson has one, but in the passing game. And then, of course, Farrell Brown. Yes. When he who, slipped free. Who can forget the Farrell Brown? Farrell Brown play. I mean, it's just, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's different, but yet sadly similar to last year's offense. In last year's offense, everybody just kind of threw their hands in the air, blamed it on Bill hiring Patricia and Joe Judge, and like, all right, that's what, that's what that was. Well, this year, it is a whole m- bunch of things. But the results are are like eerily similar, is what we're looking mm-hmm. at. Yeah, I mean, you wonder if Patricia isn't somewhere, you know, gotta be as a gotta senior be. defensive assistant on yeah. an undefeated team, just thinking like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> <laughs> he thought it was me, you sons of guns. Yeah, no, he actually. We had a caller. It was either yesterday or Monday. Bring that up. He's like, Matt Patricia's got to feel a little good about these last four games, and uh, yeah, I would say so. Now. They had those corny shirts about, like, nobody's coming to help us type of thing. So if that happens to be true, if nobody's coming to help This them, week, please send help. <laughs> they just got J.C. Jackson. Isn't he technically on his way to help? But anyway, uh, based on the roster they have right now, like if Mac Jones is going to have a good game or a couple of good games in a row, like string it together a little bit, who do you think would be his, like, leading receiver? Like, his leading, whether it be touchdowns, yards, receptions, uh, targets. Like, who's the guy... He, Based on what we've seen through the first month of the season, who's the guy, or maybe two, that you think you'd have to lean on to sort of have his best success? It should be Thornton, but I can't tell you that I trust Thornton playing more than four games consecutively because he just gets hurt so damn often. Yeah, like he's no. always on the shelf. No, Pop Douglas, he's too slight, and they haven't trusted him enough. But it's got to be Pop. Like I'll stop you there. I think it has to be Pop Douglas for at least the explode. Like he might not lead yeah. the team in catches, but. Give him an opportunity. Like, put him out there. Put him out there more often. And then maybe op- opposing teams, where we talk about how they have they sleep easy the night before playing the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the six-round pick out of Liberty is going to, you know, give him nightmares. But he's a guy that can make – he can make you miss. He can put that little spin move on you where he makes a guy miss. Now, all of a sudden – little playground spin when he hit the X button last yes, Sunday. That was dynamite. But that's what you need now. It makes the, the, the defense look a little silly. Like, you need a guy – nobody on this offense can make the defense look silly other than Pop Douglas. So, at least sprinkle him out there. They have to pay attention to him. Maybe that allows Hunter Henry to get open on a play or maybe mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson, believe it or not, can rip off a big run, something. But through this point, like – I. 
I don't know who is even uh, as close to as shifty or as explosive as Pop Douglas is. No, it's not going to be Parker. It's no. not going to be Bourne. Bourne's a good receiver. He puts forth That's a work-like effort every week, but it's not going to be either of the tight ends. Like it's going to have to be, it's going to have to be Pop Douglas, or yeah. it's not going to be anybody. Like get like, where is the convoy of tackles pulling tackles <laughs> and guards? No. And hit Pop Douglas with like a little bubble screen, and just let's see if the kid can get going, build ahead of steam, and you know, free yes. himself up for it. Like work last the ball year, to him a little bit. Yeah. What happened? Marcus Jones gets his first offensive snap against Buffalo. What happens? Touchdown. Sixty-nine yards. Touchdown. Nice. Yeah. How many more plays on offense did he get last year? One. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was like, thank God. What? Thank God. Yeah. I don't know. They 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 got to get him in, involved more, and I don't know if it's because he fumbled once, or if it's because. Well, we signed Juju Smith-Schuster, so we got to keep him out there. Useless. Or we signed Devontae Parker a year ago or traded for him, whatever. we got to get him involved. Like, you can't live off of Parker's 2018 or 19 season and Smith-Schuster's 2018 season. Like, I don't know. you got to turn the page on that. So that that has been extremely frustrating. It was one pretty good catch from Smith-Schuster last Sunday on 3rd and 15 for 14 yards. And then, of course, what happened on 4th and 1? The blown tush push. <laughs> they should knock that off, too. They got to pull that maybe for the playbook. Yeah. I mean, they can't do it. Mac Jones can't do it. Not every quarterback can do it. No, Brady's sneak was always money in the bank. Brady's Somebody sneak should've... was an all-timer. And then Jalen Hurts, whether you think it should be legal or not, the Jalen Hurts play is automatic. And But it's not with every quarterback. And Mac Jones can't run it. Like, there was the issue. Remember, was it... Um, Trevor Lawrence's rookie year, it was, like, really strange. Like, either they would never call it or then they would and it got stuffed a bunch. I remember there was some sort of weird thing with that. That was probably the Urban Meyer year. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, you can join the program, 617-779-7937. We have Grab Bag coming up at 920, so you're going to want to go nowhere. Uh, And also, Kiefer Madness tonight, something a little bit different. We're going to go and uh, give you a spoiler-free review of one of the best television shows of 2023, that just wrapped up. So we'll do that coming up next here on the Rich Keefe Show. From the Rubenstein Law Studios, 1-800-BOS-LEGAL. This is WEEI, New England's sports original. It's time for Kiefer Madness. Kiefer Madness. Richard Keefe, I think it is. Rich Keefe. Who is that? How are you doing, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Joshua Adams. Uh, what now? It's Kiefer Madness. Where's Keefe? Where is he? Where's Keefe? Where is Keefe? Hey, Keefe, you're a douche. I was doing Junko Inoshima from Danganronpa. I'm a firm believer in UFOs and Sasquatch. That's funny. Yo, Kiefer Madness is so hit or miss. Kiefer's a nice guy. Kiefer's a nice guy. Okay. Kiefer Madness? It's Kiefer Madness on WEEI. I bring it. All right, time for the madness here on the Rich Keefe Show. Fitzy in the house on this Wednesday evening. And uh, you know what, Fitzy? Let's do something a little bit different as we just had the conclusion of one of the great shows of 2023, in my humble opinion. That would be the one and only Ahsoka. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him. Just like I walked away from Sabine. Hmm. Eight episodes, Disney Plus, a Star Wars program. Every episode written by Dave Filoni, who's kind of like the George Lucas right now. Uh, Fitzy, we've talked about it off and on. I think we talked about it on the show after the first couple episodes, maybe at the halfway point. But now that it's in the books, I will go spoiler free for people who are waiting to either binge it or maybe haven't watched it all the way yet. Uh, But uh, now that you got a chance to finish the entire series, what were your uh, thoughts? 
the fix of some good old-fashioned Star Wars, Rich. Mm-hmm. I wanted a mix of lightsaber fights, spaceships, alien races, intergalactic mm-hmm. travel, sassy robots, intrigue, yep. and science fiction nonsense. <laughs> and well, I yeah. got every single box checked and then some by... Ahsoka. I the show started out a little slow. I think we first talked about it a few weeks ago, and I said I remember I love this theme song. I thought it was almost even like a little melancholy. The end credits theme song. Yeah, for yeah. It. yeah, it was. Which like it wasn't dynamic like the Mandalorian theme. Star Wars, big brash, presentational. Oh, it's um, got a lot of emotions. This, yeah, it yeah. struck a different tone. And what was nice is that while still, while the show this, I don't believe this in any way, shape, or form is spoiler. Um, the show sort of like deals with these ideas of missed opportunity and regret and loss along the way that I thought was actually for a show that was far from perfect was uh, interesting. I thought it was actually kind of a bold stroke by the show. Mm-hmm. It got better as it went along. And I would dare say the penultimate episode. I, I think I texted you after I watched it last week. Yeah. Episode seven, the second to last episode. Knock your socks off. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, was, it was some of the best Star Wars I had seen in a long time. Like, it just returned me. It had that classic uh, three different sequences cross-cut to one another, battles here, there, mm-hmm. and everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was just fired up. I was like... Loved it. Oh, it, it. It, was, it, was, uh, it, was tre- it was tremendous. I Once really, rebel, really enjoyed it. And I was sad when it ended last night. Yeah, now, I don't. there's no announcement on a season two or anything like that. Uh, we know that... This takes place in the same time as The Mandalorian. There's been three seasons of The Mandalorian. I feel like this is a successful. It's hard to know. Like these these like streaming services. Like sometimes they put out info on it. Sometimes they don't. Like you won't hear much about Netflix. And then all of a sudden they're like Stranger Things, like a billion minutes streamed, and you're like okay. And then like you don't really know too much else about some of the other shows. But right. I loved it. I know early on there was a lot of. You really needed to watch Star Wars Rebels and a little bit of Clone Wars, which were these two animated shows that came out a while ago where Ahsoka was a part of and Sabine and all these characters were in there. And I've talked to friends who didn't watch any of the cartoons and mm-hmm. loved the show. And then there's guys like me and Davey on the Dork Podcast who did watch all the animated shows. And I'm like, I think it helped a little bit, but you can certainly go in without it. But yeah, I would describe it as like, the most Star Wars, Star Wars thing. Like, there's so many, like, yes. weird stuff. There's a lot of lightsaber fights. There's a lot of force using. There's a lot of, like, creatures, b- both cute and scary. And, like, the whole mm-hmm. thing. Like, everybody. Like, there's not many characters on the show that are just, like, a straight-up human. Like, Luke Skywalker or a Han Solo. There's a lot of different, like, species characters, which is so Star Wars to me. And it's funny because Andor, which is another amazing Star Wars show, is in many ways the opposite. Andor is like you wouldn't even know some of these things exist in Andor. And then you watch this and they're like in space. They're they're all these different battles. All the stuff with like the Night Sisters, which is like a nice deep cut from like Clone Wars, like the yeah, witches. Dude. Yeah, they're the great. Yeah, like th- there were some creepy elements too, like Yeah, yeah. Thrawn's army of stormtroopers. Oh yeah, Thrawn's dealing great. with some next level undead type of stuff, and Thrawn is a very scary. Like, but he's not Darth Vader, super robot force villain. Like, he's just a creepy. I like, love super villain. You don't I, villains like, that are like don't like that don't raise their voice. Oh yeah, like, that's such a smart thing. I remember listening to a, a Jake the Snake Roberts uh, interview, and he was talking about like especially when he was like a heel, like. 
you don't need to scream. Like you just talk, if you like talk kind of quiet, like people are gonna like lean in and listen because they're so used to whether it be like villains in wrestling or villains in TV shows being like just the big, big like mm-hmm. scream and like. Now he's very calm. Like his whole thing is being a strategist. Like he's he himself is not trying to fight anybody. He's just trying to like talk to you. So that was cool to see him on screen. He'd only been in cartoons and like comics before. So he gets mm-hmm. thrown on the on the big screen. So I don't know. Star Wars right now, I would say, is in a better place than the Marvel universe is. The I hit- think Star Wars yeah. is in a better place than Marvel. And I know we've got a new Mar- uh, Marvel second season coming out that you're in great anticipation. Yeah, of Loki this week. T- uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I think I would say Star Wars, thanks to guys like Dave Filoni and John Favreau, um, and also um, the scra- Tony, what's his name, the screenwriter behind season one of Andor, who just oh, got a yep. boatload of yeah. boatload of Emmy nominations as well, and deservedly mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. Star Wars is in a better place than Marvel. Star Wars is in a better place than DC. I would almost say it's in a better place than almost any other super popular fan fiction realm right now, and. Yeah, it costs a bazillion dollars to produce these series, but they're worth it because they're going to carry on for a long time. I found this show to be highly rewatchable, and the nice thing about Ahsoka is even though you've got some intense science fiction elements to it, it's not hyper-creepy, it's not super-violent, and like you said, I watched a lot of Clone Wars with my son, and I love that show, just enough to fill in some of the expositional gaps and cracks, but I didn't watch Rebels. Did I care? Like, did I? That I didn't oh, have a lot of backstory yeah, yeah. on Ezra Bridger. No, as a matter of fact, I was compelled by the character. I thought he was great. Yeah, Ezra and Hera and Sabine, like, are in. I think every episode of Rebels, and then that's like four seasons. And so this was almost like the, se- the fifth season of Rebels. But like all good Star Wars stories, you can kind of just like get plopped into the middle and watch it and enjoy it from from there. So I hope there's another season. We know we're getting a season two at some point of Andor. And I feel like the Mandalorian is probably going to go forever. I think Fav Favreau even says like, "Ah, oh, we have no end in sight." So like, we- I wouldn't mind if there was a little more Mando Ahsoka crossover because yeah. Ahsoka had a de facto pilot in season two of Mando. Mando ended up with a season three preview yeah, in yeah. the one season of the that season of Boba Fett. That was not good. Boba Fett wasn't great. It no. certainly was no Kenobi. Uh, Kenobi was also that was the rough. worst. That was my least. Yeah, they're, they're not all winners. Like like we no. said, like it's in a better spot, but they're not all winners for sure. Star Wars so. shows are pizza though. Even when they suck, they're yeah. still good. All right, we'll have a full breakdown, spoiler full, with Davey coming up uh, this Monday night on hashtag Dork. So you can get that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we have three hours down. We are no Jedi. One hour to go. Balin Skull, a whole great storyline with him. Oh, but the problem is, Rich. Poor Ray like, Stevenson, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So passed away. For those that don't know, Ray Stevenson, who was in this show and was super compelling, great presence on that guy. Yeah, wow. And so I don't know what if there's a season two. I don't know what they would choose to do. Yeah, but. a friend of mine who loved the sh- uh, a friend of mine who loved the show Rome said if you liked him as Balin Skull, you know, R.I.P. Ray Stevenson, who just passed away suddenly. Uh, yeah. After the show was finished filming, uh, it said he was dynamite in Rome. All right. I'll add that to the queue as well. All right. We have one hour to go. We get to your phone calls here coming up at 617-779-7937 and grab bag at 920. So go nowhere here on WEI.